1: ground really is level at the foot of the cross. We all have a past. And when Paul says forgetting the past, he's saying, hey, we want to learn from yesterday, but we're not going to live in yesterday. We're going to leave that in the past. The year was 1983, and Cliff Young was an unexpected, last-minute person to enter into the ultramarathon in Australia. The ultramarathon is a grueling 544-mile foot race. He was no doubt an odd competitor at 61 years of age. Everyone thought it was a joke when unlike the other highly trained commercially sponsored competitors he showed up wearing a white shirt, flopping over baggy overalls, he had rubber galoshes over his boots and a white baseball cap that hung with sunscreens. The officials laughed. They thought they were being set up for a joke. But he was officially entered into the race and a number was pinned to his overalls. And there he stood beside all the other athletes with all their sculpted bodies. Some still thought it a joke. others thought he was just deranged. But when the starting gun fired, he took off. And immediately it was evident, yes, he is different. Immediately as the race began, everyone else began with their well-trained strides, and Cliff, well, he took off with his strange gait. But he modeled discipline. He modeled endurance. And five days, 15 hours, and four minutes later, no one was laughing. He crossed the Melbourne finish line almost 10 hours ahead of the second place runner obviously when he finished everyone besieged him what they learned is that cliff was a shepherd because he was so poor he didn't have a house to live in or a horse to ride he spent his time out in the field with his flock sometime chasing after them morning and night He knew how to run with endurance. He understood how to persevere and perhaps unfortunately, he had not read the rules of the ultramarathon and did not understand you could stop at night and sleep. So he finished strong. What about you? Have you ever started something that you failed to finish? Maybe a resolution, a a goal, a project. Something that was important to you, but when the time came, you just did not do what you had intended to do. I want to encourage you to let this be the year that you finish. We've been looking at one verse in Acts chapter 20. Let me remind you of the context. The Apostle Paul is coming to the finish of his journey. He's on his third of three missionary journeys, and the Bible tells us that he is en route to Rome. He stops along the way. He's meeting with Ephesian elders of the church, and we've learned that he's developed this sense of endurance. He's refused to let people stop him. He's refused to let even his own pride get in the way. He's refused to let the problems of life prevent him from moving forward. And then he tells us this in Acts 20, 24. Look at this verse. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So last week we talked about a specific word, our, our first word to help us launch into this year in a way that honors God. And it was the word perspective. Perspective is the filter through which you see everything that you see. It's the way you see the world. It's the way you see the people in your world. It's the way you see the circumstances of your life. And yes, it's even the way you see your faith. It is your perspective. If you're not aware of your filter, just ask those that are closest to you. Do I have a filter? If you're really bold and brave, maybe you would ask them, am I generally more positive or generally more negative? That may alert you to your filter. Paul had a filter. Look again at verse 24, the filter was described in this first phrase, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. That phrase describes his perspective, his filter. And we talked about how we don't want to be misinformed. Of course, life is precious. That's one of our core understandings as people of faith. As a child of God, I do know that the value of every child of God is imminent before our Creator. So why would Paul say, I don't count my life as of any value nor as precious to myself? It was because of his perspective. What was his perspective? God high man low. Let's say that together. God high, man low. So last week we illustrated this from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah in chapter six encounters God. And this is what he said. I saw the Lord how? High and lifted up. God high. And then what did that make Isaiah think about himself? Woe is me, man low. See, nothing changes your perspective like a healthy view of God and a healthy view of self. Last week, we had an opportunity to understand this firsthand. In case you did not know this, in the service that follows this one, right here in this room, just after I got up and said, Happy New Year, all of the power went out. First thing I did is look out to a dark room and say, Y'all okay? Everybody said, yes. I said, can you hear me? They said, yes. And I said, well, let's keep going. And so we proceeded to worship there in the dark. And you know what I learned in that experience? Sometimes God may allow us to see things in the dark that we could not or would not see in the light of day. And you may need to know that in your life today. God may be telling you to learn to treasure the darkness. Just think about that. Sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? Treasure the darkness. Value those difficult times, the trying moments, the challenges. That's why James would say, I count it all joy, brothers, when I fall into various testing times. In the moment, it's hard. To say those testing times of life bring us joy. But as we look back, they become those moments where God speaks to us. He, he wants us to see him. Remember, that's what we're desiring for as we enter into this year. That we would encounter God if nothing else happened in your life. But you go through this year saying, I have encountered God in a personal way. I have seen and experienced. I've felt the presence of God. Boy, wouldn't that be worth it? ask God to show you everything he wants you to see while your sight is limited ask him to help you take care of most advantage of those moments of darkness many of you have been encouraging me as we walk through a new season a new normal with my father he's my hero my mentor the strongest man I've ever known the godliest man I've ever known he's my pastor and There was a day this week where I just got really, really sad because I just wanted to talk to him. He was a voice of calming wisdom for all of my life. And that is not really possible today. He has failed greatly because of a massive brain bleed and barring a resurrection type miracle from our God, he's entering into his last season of life. His mind is, is no longer fresh, it's fragile, and it's hard to have any conversation that's intelligible. It's a dark season. So yesterday I called my mom at a time I thought that she was visiting my dad there at the nursing home, and she was, and said, hey, mom, what are you doing? She says, I'm here with daddy. She said, you want to talk to him? I said, yeah, I do. So she put the phone to his ear, and I said, hey, Daddy. And he said, hey, son. I'm not a physician. I don't know if that's a reflex or if in that moment he knew knew my voice. But I treasure that moment, even in this darkness. You see, when God adjusts your perspective, you begin to see great treasure in things you may have once taken for granted. If you've just joined us, you're listening
0: to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at missionhillchurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at missionhillchurch.com. And now, with more of today's message... Here's Pastor Paul Purvis.
1: Not only does Paul speak to perspective, he gives us a second word. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. Say that highlighted portion with me. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. Paul is talking about finishing. Here at the end of his third missionary journey, as he's coming near the end of life's journey, he's talking about finishing. He has one thing in mind I want to finish well. I want to finish strong. I would ask you, regardless of your age or stage, are you committed to that? Or are you committed to finishing strong? The truth is, if you plan to finish strong someday, you have to make a decision to persevere today. Because today may be a day you feel like giving up. Today may be a moment that you don't want to continue. Today may be overwhelming darkness. But I believe God wants you to persevere. Our first word is perspective. Our second word is perseverance. Say perseverance. Perseverance is stick-to-itiveness. It's keeping on, keeping on. It's staying at it. As Eugene Peterson says, perseverance is not resignation. It's, it's not taking things the way they are, or staying in the same old rut year after year, or being a doormat for people to wipe their feet on. Endurance is not a desperate hanging on, but a traveling from strength to strength. Perseverance is triumphant and alive. Perseverance is realizing it's always too soon to quit. I love this definition of perseverance. Perseverance by Newt Gingrich. He says, perseverance is the hard thing you do after you get tired of doing the hard thing you already did. Julie Andrews said, perseverance is failing 19 times and succeeding the 20th. Paul was especially fond of this idea of persevering, of of continuing. And all throughout the New Testament, we see the writers remind us to endure, to stay at it. First Corinthians nine twenty four says, "Do you not know that all in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it." Second Timothy four seven, literally at the end of his life. Shortly after this, Paul would be guided by a Roman guard to his beheading, and he says, "I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith." Hebrews 12.1, we don't know the exact writer, could have been Paul, could have been Apollos, but he said, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And yet most people fail to persevere. Per is a word which means through, and that's what perseverance is. It's getting you through that thing you don't think you can get through. Through. How many of you made a New Year's resolution? (laughs) How many of you don't want to admit you made a New Year's resolution? Because you're in this next category. 92% of resolutions fail. That's a big number. (laughs) 92% of resolutions fail. Why? John Acalf did a research study for his book, Finish, and he found that one of the reasons we fail at those things we intend to do is because we're not having fun. That makes sense, right? I would say in the Christian faith, it it relates this way. We've lost our joy. So someone like David would say, that's why, God, it's important that you restore the joy of my salvation, so, when we lose our joy, when we're not having fun, we don't want to continue. We're ready to give up. Another reason I think we fail is because um, we got our eyes on the wrong things. So, you know what's big today is comparison. So, when my parents were parenting me, when I was in elementary school, um, You know, they didn't really have to compare their parenting job with everybody else on Facebook or Instagram. But things have changed. Or competition. Competition keeps us from finishing, believe it or not, because we look at how others are doing and we get our eyes off the prize. Or maybe the goals are just not realistic. So I want to get in shape. So I say, what's my resolution? I'm going to run a marathon this year. Well, have you ever run a half marathon? Well, no. How about a 10K? No. 5K? Not a chance. Have you ever begun to run? Well, I'm going to start January 1. (laughs) Not a realistic goal. And we do that in so many areas of our life. Some of you have done it in your faith journey. You started the year and you say as a father, maybe, I'm going to have family devotions every night. And yet you've never done it. I want you to start somewhere. I want your goals to be realistic. So how do we fix this? Well, how do we set ourselves up to persevere? Let's go back to Acts 20. Let's look back at our verse. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. If only I may finish. If only I may finish. Say that. If only I may finish. Paul was determined. He wasn't going to be distracted. Not by people not by his own pride, not by his problems. And you know what I think? I think we get a little more clear of a picture of this from Philippians chapter three. So you might flip there in your Bible, Philippians chapter three, the apostle Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. Again, chained to a Roman guard. The theme of this little book is Joy. To get an understanding of what he's facing in the first part of the chapter, I'm not going to read this, but he challenges us to first take our eyes off of people. How do I know he does this? Because he says, watch out for the, does anybody know what he calls the people? Watch out for the dogs. Yeah, so if you call somebody a dirty dog, you're being Biblical. He's, you dirty dog. He's saying, watch out for these evil people, these folks that will lead you astray. Take your eyes off of people. And for some of you, the first step to positioning yourself to persevere is to get your eyes off of the people that you're focusing on. All a person's ever going to be able to do is tell you what they think. Get your eyes on him is what we're going to say. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. So he's saying, take your eyes off of these people. And then he says, take your eyes off of self. It's interesting, I I love Philippians 3 because uh, Paul gives us his resume, his bio. Uh, He tells us why you should be proud of him. In fact, he puts it this way, if anybody has a reason to boast, I do. And then he goes through this long list of things that he basically kind of boasts about. Who he is, what he's done, how righteous he is. But then he says, All of these things I counted as gain, I now see as loss. He even says they're rubbish. In the King James, it would be called dung. In your translation, we probably shouldn't say that word in church. So he's saying all these things that that built me up, that made me feel so good about myself, they're really worthless. So I'm gonna take my eyes off self. And then he says, I'm gonna take my eyes off problems because I have a different perspective on problems. His perspective on problems was, I want to know Christ and fellowship with his what? Now here's what we would think. Don't answer that. Here's what we would think. If we listen to some teachers, some preachers, read some books in the Christian section at Barnes & Noble. I want to I want to know Christ and fellowship with all of that money because he says that he owns everything. Oh god, I want to own everything. I want to know Christ and fellowship with his miraculous power. Because just think about it. If you're Jesus, you can just heal yourself if you get sick. If you have a problem, you can, just, you can just make it go away. Even if you're sinking in the water, you just walk on the water. I want to know Jesus that way. That's what we would think. But Paul said, I want to know Jesus and fellowship with his. Now, what is it? His suffering. Well, we don't hear a lot about that, do we? That really to grow and mature in the Christian faith is to suffer like Jesus? It's not an easy witnessing tactic, is it? Turn to Jesus and your life is going to fall apart. (laughs) Yeah, you probably won't get a lot of converts if that's your lead in. But Paul is saying, even my problems are not going to become the main thing in my life. So what does he say? Look at verse 12. Not that I've already obtained it, this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do. Say one thing. Remember in... Acts twenty twenty four. he said, this one thing that I may finish. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. How do I persevere? Well, first, I learned from yesterday, but I leave it in the past. Okay, quick quick test. How many of you have something in your past that you don't like? Let me see your hand. All right, that probably wasn't clear. How many, how many of you have done something in your past you wish you wouldn't have done? Let me see your hand. That I'm, I'm preacher sure needs to be more direct. Um, how many of you have made sinful choices in your past? Let me see your hands. You know, what am I illustrating? We all... Have a past. And some of you, even today, you've walked in and you're thinking, man, if they really knew me, they probably wouldn't let me sit in there. They wouldn't let me sing these songs. Truth is, we're all in that club, friend. The ground really is level at the foot of the cross. We all have a past. And when Paul says, forgetting the past, he's saying, hey, we want to learn from yesterday. But we're not going to live in yesterday. We're going to leave that in the past. That word that he used there, forget, it's interesting. Forget doesn't mean fail to remember in this instance. In the original language, it's a word that means refuse to be influenced by.
0: You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, You're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves thank you for giving at MissionHillChurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.